welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today from a different I am place. doing good, how are you doing today? I'm not too bad, yeah. Had a strange kind of day, but uh, Endgame is here tomorrow, so I'm sure I'll be feeling very different emotions. Um, yeah, so you're in a different place today. Yeah, I am in uh, Virginia, which according to all the signage I passed on the way here is for lovers. Um, is that a thing in the UK where if you go to buy a city and it has a sign announcing that you're getting to the city, it gives you like a little slogan for the city? I, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty big here in the States when you cross over into, uh, um, into a different state. Like Virginia is for lovers, Illinois is the land of Lincoln, uh, um, another state that I'm blanking on right at the second is, you know, you know, first in flight, because there's a big debate on who gets to do first what, because there's like first in flight and origin of the Wright brothers and all this other nonsense. It's just, it's a little, really weird trivia, mm-hmm. but it also makes for good trivia if you know it, because then, you know, on a random pub quiz, if that ever comes up, as like really real obscure, which state in the U.S. is uh, for lovers, now you know it's Virginia. Cool. Nice. And it was also also very, very surreal driving here. I drove by several landmarks that are in Fallout 76, because that's based in West Virginia, which okay. is connected right to Virginia. So I went by uh, the Greenbrier. I didn't go by it. I didn't actually see it, but I drove past signs that said Greenbrier, and if I wasn't behind the wheel, I would have absolutely taken pictures for you to put on the website. Cool. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it's it's a hard job, but you know, it pays the bills, so what can I tell you? Cool. Nice. Uh, so yeah, if you guys notice that Robert sounds a bit different, I can still hear him quite clearly. Um, and you know, obviously, we're still able to have a conversation. So, um, yeah, if you think the audio sounds a little bit weird this week, it's just because of that. Because uh, mm-hmm. you've got, you said you had a Bluetooth headset or something. On you. Yeah, I've got my Bluetooth wireless headset headphones. Because um, that's a big deal here in the states is they don't want people to use their mobiles while they're driving, which is probably pretty common thing everywhere. Because mm-hmm. you know, you don't want distracted drivers. And then when you're like me and you've got a, a co-pilot in the in the rental van and you want to listen to your music, and they want to listen to their music, you know, it's not like anymore where you, you know, driver picks the tunes, uh, passenger shifts or pie hole. Uh, the both people just have headsets on and listen to it, and you don't want it wired because, you know, you hit a bump and the phone goes flying, mm-hmm. I'll just yank the headset right off, and then, uh, you know, you're crashing into a barricade next thing you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the situation this week, so uh, that's what we got. Uh, yes, what have, you, what have you been playing this week? I had uh, some deep runs in Dead Cells uh, the other day. Oh, I forgot you, know you had me. that, actually. But, yeah. yeah, it was on a sale. It's a great game. Um, it's probably the best version of a roguelike that I've played. Interesting. Uh, because it gives you incentives to do the same level over and over again, and all the levels are procedurally generated, so they're not technically the same levels. Um, but you know, And you're unlocking upgrades by collecting cells, which are actually just souls of people. Uh, but I like it because you, once you get into a real rhythm and flow, it just it becomes so easy. And I had a really weird rhythm go the other day. Okay. Um, as people that listen to the podcast know, while well, I like achievements, they're not exactly a goal of mine. You know, I don't hundred percent. I yeah. don't think I've. Yeah. I think I've like hundred percent of like five games yeah. in my entire career. You're not. Uh, um, you're not Greg Miller, basically. No. Yeah. Well, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, the one dude that just passed two million achievement points or. Uh, uh, Brown Man, if you ever watched his Twitch, he does really good with that. But, you know, mm-hmm. I had a solid 25-minute run where I unlocked eight achievements. And, you know, that, was, that had a pretty decent feel to it, I got to admit. Nice. Nice. So I assume that's on a Xbox One. Yeah, it's on Xbox that. One. Cool. 
Uh, but it's on all platforms, so you can get on PC, PS4. Yep. Um, and, uh, but it's a it's a good game. It's a good little chill side scrolling Metrovania type game. There's a little bit of story you can tell underneath, but the game encourages to go fast, 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 fast. So you know, it's easy to miss if you're not really paying attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might try and go back to it uh, at some point. Um, what else have you you been playing? Uh, still doing the Kingdom Come Deliverance. Um, I'm doing short runs of that. Um, honestly, what's keeping me from playing it in long stretches is the fact that we're still on the eight patch, and the load times are just atrocious. Oh, like you know, like from like from start, like when you first turn on your Xbox and you first launch the game, it's a good two minutes before you can get into the game. And I'm oh, not wow. even kidding. It's like it goes through the story, and you see the little red spinny wheel. And by the time, and it's it's not something that they can patch out because it's literally the exact same point that they let you start the game. And like, if you don't hit the A button to finish the story, like 15 seconds later. So I don't know if it's just intentionally caching all that time to preload stuff. But once you get to the point where you can load a game, or something screws up and you have to reload a game, it's still a good 35, 40 second process. Hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, that's okay. But that's, you know, I've just seen so much faster. And it's nothing to do with the, you know, the specs or the system or the hard drive itself. It's just how they program the game. Yeah. And I was really hoping between the eight patches from launch and now that they could have cut that time down a little bit. Um, but, yeah, you do something, something screws up. It's really easy to screw something up and die and have to reload. Um, then it, it just kind of kills the flow. But, I mean, it's still a great game, and I still want to finish it to finish out the story. Uh, but past that, you know, it's one of those things that it is what it is, so. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, and, and anything else? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, jump, I'll jump into GTA Five every now and then if I get bored and want to do a stunt race. <laughs> I'm still making small progress with uh, uh, Dragon Quest Eleven. I like the game. I like the animation. I still say it's, uh, you know, not, you know, air quote, not Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is an RPG, mm-hmm. which just play 20 minutes of the game, you'll absolutely get what I mean. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to um, wait for that to come out on a, a Switch. I can't remember the date that they said, but I remember it was in one of the recent directs. Uh, yeah, cause it, cause it'll, be, it'll be there soon. Because that'll be a long like, yeah. RPG for you know, on the Switch and stuff. So oh, it's an absolutely perfect game yeah. an RPG for the Switch because it's turn-based, it's not timed turn-based. So, you know, when it's your quote-unquote turn to do something, you can get up, walk away, Make yourself a sandwich, you know, eat the sandwich, do the dishes, get back, and it's still your turn. Yeah, yeah. Plus, if you have it on Switch, you can take the uh, Switch with you into the kitchen and do the dishes while you watch it. So, yeah. Yeah, just watch out for the splash. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when when I've like put the kettle on before and like had the Switch out, I usually have it like on the table and not like on the side or whatever. But anyway, there you go. Uh, any any is it any time anywhere that they the the, the uh, Switch slogan had at the start? Any place, yeah. any time, anywhere, whatever. Yeah, those those sorts of things. Um, cool. So I jumped into I did a little bit kind of similar to you actually. There's two games I played kind of solidly, and then two and then a couple of games I sort of jumped in and out of. Uh, on the PlayStation Classic, I jumped into a Cool Borders 2. I just thought, like, hey, I haven't played a snowboarding game in, uh, even even with how young I am, for, like, quite a few years. Uh, I, in fact, I can't remember. It might have been, like, SSX on the GameCube or something, the last one that I played. And I thought, you know, I can just jump in and do a couple of levels and stuff. It's not really that bad. It's actually, actually run pretty well. Um, of course, I had the 
DualShock 4 connected to not the uh, the actual thing you you get with not the control that you get with the classic um but i suppose with the, the snowboarding game you don't need quite so much like metal gear solid level precision uh as to what i talked about last time with metal gear solid um but no i just jumped in i had a bit of fun and then uh yeah kind of just uh, i did like a couple of um challenge levels or something where you can race against like uh computer control players but yeah found it kind of fun so um and it will still be there if i ever just turn on my ps classic uh the other game uh, have you heard of Cool Borders too? Do you like remember it or anything? I vaguely just remember commercials for it, but I don't think I ever played it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one was um, was it Cool, uh, cool Borders too? Uh, Intelligence Cube. Have you ever heard of that one? That one I know I've heard of, but I haven't played it either. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's basically where you have this like corridor thing built with cubes, which your character stands on. And you have to essentially press X to like light up one of the squares blue, and then as these cubes are coming towards you, uh, you have to basically mark certain areas of the cubes, and then make sure the the it's got like positive and negative cubes or something, or like advanced cubes, uh, and you have to make sure you get the um, the positive ones on the squares, and then press X again, and then kind of take them for points. And then you avoid the uh, black squares. You have to let them completely go past you, and then you keep continuing. Um, you also get these like blue square sort of things, where uh, if you get one of them, it will mark an area where you can take out multiple squares at once. So it's kind of, I mean, it sounds kind of easy, but like once you get past the first four or five levels, they the like cubes start speeding up and they start throwing all different com- combinations of the cubes at you. Uh, so again, I played that for like an hour or something, and I thought thought it was kind of interesting. Um, but it does make you think. So hence the intelligence part, and it actually gives you like. Um, Obviously, it's not, like, that accurate, but, like, an IQ score as to, like, how well you did, I suppose. So, that was kind of fun. Uh, but the two games I kind of mainly jumped into was um, I made a custom FIFA season, which is where you do the the offline career mode. It's got nothing to do with the Ultimate Team or anything like that. Uh, you make a, um, yeah, a custom season, and basically what you can do is, you know, some of, like, the big teams from the Spanish League, German League, Italian League, all those sorts of, like, Scottish League and all those sorts of teams... You can essentially take all of those, take all the, like, let's say smaller teams uh, out of, like, the Premier League and the Championship, and you can put them in the in the English leagues. So what I did is make uh, the Premier League, the Championship, and the First Division, I think it's called. Um, and I filled those three up with, like, you know, good good to, like, really good teams. Um, I still kept, like, some Premier League teams in there, like West Ham and Stoke and Tottenham and, like, Arsenal and... Liverpool, Leicester, those sorts of teams. Uh, I picked Man United the players, and then I put in like Barcelona, Real Madrid, uh, Celtic, Rangers, and then went into the other league and put in like uh, some Italian teams and stuff. And uh, essentially, why I set up the three leagues is because those three leagues can have teams go like join and leave each of those uh, leagues basically. Because if someone gets rele- relegated from the Premier League. They go into the championship, and then if someone wins the championship, let's say, they go into the Premier League. So every season, those will sort of swap over depending on who's bottom and who's top of the league, and that kind of stuff. Um, and then like, I left some of the like middle and smaller teams in the, the other leagues, because they're still the Champions League as well. Um, but uh, I'm sort of... Uh, I want to say like 10 games into the second season. I simmed the whole of the first season just to see who would get like promoted and relegated. Um and then I'm about 10 games into uh, yeah the second season, so it's been kind of fun to do. Uh, the other game that I got, which I actually brought on my PS3, was uh, Crash Team Racing. 
the the PlayStation One version, and it's going to be interesting to see because um, obviously the remaster is coming out in what like two months or so. Um, and like looking at it now, and it's the PS One version and stuff, and runs really well. There's no problems with it there. Uh, but it's going to be interesting when the remastered version comes out, and to see like, oh, I just did these like bits and pieces, and they look better or they look worse or whatever. Well, I don't imagine they'd look worse. Uh, and like gameplay changes and how things might sort of look and stuff, uh, especially in like the adventure mode, which is what it's called, where you race against like the villains and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. and and do all that sort of thing. It'd be interesting to see like how everything looks and uh, how everything plays as well. So, because um, there's a slight bit of like the PlayStation One sort of stiffness to the car when you're trying to steer and stuff. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how different that is in in the uh, I guess the PS4 version uh, when it comes out in a couple of months. We'll switch and Xbox as well, but I'm going to be getting it on the PS4. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of those two things, and then um, I'm getting sent uh, Mario Kart 8 because I wanted to see what that was like as well in terms of kart racing games uh, and Sekiro. So the Shadows Die Twice. Um, I'm getting two move controllers sent to me, uh, and those should be here by Friday or Saturday, roughly. Um, and then yeah, I'm gonna be basically playing all that stuff until the next. Oh, and Days Gone is out on Friday as well. So uh, quite a bit for me to sort of play in the next couple of weeks or so. But that's going to be this kind of fun. This is a busy weekend between. Day, I said this is a busy weekend between <laughs> Avengers and Days Gone, and there's a couple other things that come out this weekend too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. All right, let's move into uh, some housekeeping. Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes, and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, speaking of Avengers Endgame, uh, that's out tomorrow, which is strange to say, finally. Um, Some people have seen it, obviously press have seen it. Uh, I've heard that one of the press screenings had like a standing ovation at the end. Uh, I don't know if that's because the cast came out or because the film was just that good, but um, that's one of the things I heard, so... Um, have you heard anything like press-wise of uh, spoiler-free uh, stuff? The early buzz that I've heard is that it's really, really good. The only thing significant press-wise that I've ever seen for that is both uh, Scarlett Johansson and Brie Lawson showed up with uh, jewelry uh, that mimicked the uh, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. That's pretty funny. Um, but yeah, I'll be going to see that tomorrow, obviously, and then do uh, probably a part one and part two podcasts. Get you and David in there at, at some point as well. Uh, just yeah, like, probably just like... the earliest I'm going to be able to see it is Sunday because I'm on the road. I'm on working road all day tomorrow, Thursday, and then all day on the road Friday. And I doubt there's going to be any open viewings on Saturday. I mean, I'm going to check <laughs> just to see if there are any. Yeah. But odds are Sunday's going to be the earliest I'm going to be able to see it. Cool. Just try and avoid spoilers. 
as best you can. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what else we've been doing? Game of Thrones is back for its eighth and final season. We covered episode two today, uh, and it looks like quite a big episode next week. Um, but yeah, we did that today. That's that's going to be fun for the remaining four episodes of the season as well. Uh, a couple of discussion pieces. I talked about HBO and why I think that they're, I well, as I phrased it, the king of television. Uh, why they're the best at television at the moment. Uh, one of the reasons is, of course, Game of Thrones, but there's other reasons as well. Uh, I did a part two for Let's Stop Accepting Bad AAA Video Games. So uh, I received some feedback on that and I uh, read the feedback out and commented on it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, which furthered the uh, discussion a bit. I talked about um, Aquaman and Bird Box and why they were kind of a su- surprise ex- success. Uh, and why that might have been and, and that sort of thing. Um, and to do with DC and Netflix and all that sort of stuff. So Because um, Aquaman made a billion dollars and you don't do that by accident. So, uh, there's a reason for that as well. Um, what else did we do? Black Summer, I finished the uh, Netflix zombie show, uh, and I thought it was absolutely phenomenal, so I did a season one review for that. Hopefully it gets a second season, but we haven't heard anything yet, but uh, that should be interesting going forward. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, DC stuff, we're going to be doing catch-up podcasts soon for Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, and Flash in, in the coming weeks, so look out for those as well. Uh, Zombie is going to be back next week, Friday. We're going to actually, after we record this, we're going to do a preview, kind of a preview podcast, like an update podcast uh, for the situation with Zombie. That's on the CW and Netflix uh, as well. Um, do you think somebody could catch up before next Friday? Do you think it's possible? Yeah, they're only behind one season. Yeah, absolutely. If they haven't seen any episode, I mean, it's possible, but they'd have to really redefine binging. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what uh, what happens with that. So, your audio has gone like slightly strange. Did you move something? No. Okay. Oh, you instantly sort of sounded a bit better. Uh, but yeah, that's roughly what we're doing at the moment on EntertainmentTalk.org or on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. Okay, what would you like to talk about this week? Uh, first uh, thing up is that the new Bloomberg report has uh, hinted at a rumor mill of Nintendo possibly launching <laughs> two updated versions of the Switch by the end of June. Uh, the first is being described as, quote, a modest upgrade for the existing Switch model, and the second being an unannounced cheaper version of the Switch. Uh, this report... Uh, uh, mirrors back to March when both Eurogamer and the Wall Street Journal uh, describe both upcoming versions. Uh, regarding the update to the existing Switch model, appears to have been some uh, confusion on exactly what is going to con- be considered an upgrade. Obviously, Nintendo hasn't really put that much focus on you know hardcore, you know triple A graphics, even though they can get some pretty high end games to run. Mm-hmm. My thinking is that. The upgrade is something that, that they kind of had in the works, and they got a lot of third-party developers on board now. They're seeing how they run. They run okay, but not great, so let's make, like, a Switch 1.5. As for the cheaper version, it's probably just, you know, we're able to make this cheaper, so if we're going to separate that skew out, let's just make two skews. One for, like, a quote-unquote pro model, I guess, is the best way to describe the upgraded version, and then just have the standard Switch at a lower price. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's not really much in the article about that outside of just some rumors, uh, you know, that go back to March and earlier. Uh, other than that, there's nothing real specific on it. So, mm-hmm. I I think that they will probably do this. Um, it makes sense, like for I mean, to reach out to like a bigger Switch audience and stuff. I mean, I know, I know they've done very well so far with Switch sales, but um, in terms of like increasing the Switch's power and upgrading it a bit, it's as important for the future. Given the fact that in within what the next two years we're gonna maybe have a PS5 and a new Xbox, and uh, it's kind of what I said before, which is like. Some of these third party, some of the more third party games that are going to be running on those systems, the PS5 and the next Xbox, uh, the Switch is going to need to upgrade itself in order to handle even some of those. Because um, even at the moment, they kind of struggle to get. I mean, they've got a good amount of third party support. They've done a lot, lot better than what they did with the uh, the Wii U. Um, yeah, but to be fair, that's not the highest bar to get over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see if they do upgrade it. Um, I think in terms of like the different sizes models, because um, I spoke about like a Doctor Switch before, um, and they, I've also seen rumors of like they might have like just have it as a handheld, so that the so that the Joy Cons and the Switch is all like one model. Of course, that would take away the whole idea of taking two things off, playing two player. Um, but if if you're more of a single player person or something, um, that could be more like suited towards you. Uh, and the bigger model would obviously be. Uh, suited more towards you robert um in terms of like the bigger controllers and you know uh avoiding joy cons and stuff it's funny i mentioned that actually because uh what's it my sister got a switch recently and um what's it my uh my nephew's really gotten into mario like quite a lot he's playing like mario kart and he's getting up at like half seven in the morning to play and stuff um and uh, he's playing mario odyssey which he's playing with uh with his sister with my my niece um because they can play as cappy and um one of them can play as Cappy, uh, and obviously Mario Kart, you can do that two-player. Um, and uh, a few weeks ago, when it, the uh, the week of my birthday, they came back in time for my birthday. But they went for a trip to, to Newcastle just to see them for Easter and that kind of stuff. Um, and my dad came back and he was like, oh, have you played on that like that uh, Nintendo Switch thing? I was like, yeah, I've got, uh, got, got one of those. And because um, like, he doesn't keep up to date with everything that I get and that sort of stuff, but that's fine. Um, and then he was like, oh, those Joy-Con things are really spoiled. I, I, I almost just started laughing. I thought it was, because I was like, yeah, that's the that's the next thing I expected him to say, which was like, oh, I use those little, what are those little controller things called? I was like, oh, they're, they're called Joy-Cons. Um, I was like, oh, did you, like, struggle to use them? He said, yeah, they're really small. <laughs> so, um, yeah, in terms of getting a bigger model and stuff, obviously it would suit those sorts of people. Um, I think he said that my sister's got a pro controller, so I don't know if like she used that or, or something else. But she said they, they, he said that they might have one, because um, obviously you, you can get the switch, uh, the pro controller, the bigger one. So, um, but yeah, it's just funny to see because I knew the next thing he would say was like, "Oh, those Joy Cons are really small." So, because uh, I think he was using half of one when he was playing Mario Kart or something. So I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this stuff? Yeah, well, like I've always said, if they came out with, if they called them, like, the Switch XL, and the only difference was that the Joy-Cons were designed, you know, for more of an adult-sized hand versus the uh, child-sized hand, which they clearly were, and that's clearly their market, so it's not like I'm holding any grudges against them, mm-hmm. I'd be a lot more tempted to buy one, uh, and I have had a chance to use one from time to time. My nephew, my uh, cousin's kid, uh, Nathan, he's about 10, and he's got one, and he plays Fortnite on it, and... You know, he'll get bored, set the switch down, and start doing Fortnite dances, and it just makes me want to throw water balloons at him. <laughs> um, but I've snatched it, you know, and played with it a little bit. And, you know, it was a very functional controller, and the screen was nice and clear, 
has a nice crispness to it. Uh, um, not anything that I could knock on the hardware itself uh, outside of the Joy-Cons, but like I said, that's strictly more of a size of my hand than any real right. functionality to the device itself. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll see what Nintendo decides to do. And obviously E3 is around the corner. So, uh, What else do you want to talk about today? Well, uh, talking about uh, Nintendo Portables and straight from the desk of Damn Now I Feel Old, April 21st, 1989 was the launch of the original, original uh, Game Boy. This was the uh, kind of two-tone, not black and white, but kind of more of a offset green. And was that grayish. the really big one? It was like quite big. Uh, it was not really big. It's about the size of what a modern phone would be now. So okay, uh, I mean it's a little thick. I mean it was designed to hold four AA batteries, so you got the thickness of the battery and the thickness of the speaker, and a little couple inch screen on top. Um, but you know that really kind of paved the way for Nintendo and their uh, you know, their mobile market because then that gave way to the Game Boy Advance, which gave way to the DS. And then that gave way to the 3DS, and then that gave way to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those games that it it was way ahead of its time. Because <laughs> it set up what they called a battle link for games that could do a multiplayer, yeah. and it used a USB cord. You know, so this is a USB cord 30 years ago. Um, and then it had a camera and a printer that you could attach to it, even though the camera was like so, so, so bad resolution. And the printer, it just looked like random squares on a page. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not sure if it's, it's the exact same uh, Game Boy that you're talking about, but I remember uh, my sister had this big... I remember it being yellow. It was this big yellow Game Boy thing, and it had like this massive um, uh, D-pad on it, but like quite a, quite a sort of flat, clean one. Not flat, sorry. Quite a sort of sticking out, like, clean one. Um, so, like, it didn't have any... You know, like, with the... Um, the Xbox One D-pad, it's got the little things around the buttons, it, it didn't have nothing like that, and it had A and B, and obviously like pause and stuff, I don't remember any other buttons, and there was this big kind of cartridge thing in the back, and um, I, think, I think she was like looking after me for like a couple of hours or something, and uh, she was sorting something out maybe, and uh, she said, oh, do you want to play on this, it's got like Mario in it, um, which obviously well, she knew was... basically black and white. Yeah, it was, I remember it being black and white, the, uh, the, the game, so... Well, that might have been it, but it, was, it wasn't yellow. Unless it was like the Pikachu one that they did for one of the, the Pokemon game launches. Yeah. I think they might have done like a specialty Pikachu, but no, the original Game Boy was kind of a two-tone gray, had a really light gray for most of it, and then like kind of like a dark gray around the screen, and then black for the D-pad, and then red for the buttons. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I remember she she gave that to me, and I just you know just started jumping and and going through the levels and stuff. Uh, I never finished it. I don't remember ever finishing it. But uh, yeah, it was kind of fun to play. So, um, but yeah, obviously, like you said, it paved the way for all these other consoles and what we have today. So, um, well, good stuff. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Well, Square Enix, your favorite company in the world, <laughs> uh, just announced its uh, E3 presentation schedule. Mm. Obviously, E3 is not even two months away, so we're going to start seeing less and less news stories revolving around games and then more and more stuff around E3. Right, rumors and leaks, teases, that sort of stuff. Yeah, their live schedule broadcast is scheduled to take place on Monday, June 10th, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and so that's going to be... 2 a.m. 
2 a.m. your time. They don't think about us. So. <laughs> well, I mean, starting at 9 p.m. on a Monday anyway, they're not thinking about a whole lot. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm just joking, but yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the Sony slot. Yeah, I mean, obviously Sony won't be in attendance because they decided to skip this year. That's perfectly fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they've announced some of the dates for some of the other conferences, but uh, I mean, what, once we get to E3, and then we can kind of concentrate a bit more on dates and stuff. But yeah, it's interesting that they took the Sony slot. Um, so who have we got? We got Microsoft, uh, Ubisoft, Bethesda, Square, now uh, Nintendo. Is there anybody else? Obviously, no Sony. Devolver Digital. They're usually there. Yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up the full schedule that's yeah, been announced yeah. so far here. Um, the Play. first one is EA Play is going to be uh, Friday, June 7th. No time attached to it. Uh, there's going to be a Nintendo eSports tournament on Saturday, June 8th. Uh, Microsoft, obviously, is going to be the big dog on the, on the lot with that, their uh, conference on yeah conference on June 9th. Uh, Bethesda is going to do 9th at 5.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, the Xbox is going to be 1 p.m. Pacific. A uh, company called Limited Run Games is uh, releasing physical versions of Switch, PS, and Vita game titles uh, for previously digital only, and they've got a conference at uh, June 10th at noon Pacific. Uh, Ubisoft is doing uh, June 10th at 1.00. So I'm guessing the limited run games is going to be like a small showcase. takes like a half hour, being made, boom, you're done. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah for the few of us that are PC gamers, there's going to be a PC-focused uh, conference at 10 a.m. Pacific time on the same day. So that's actually going to be before the uh, limited run games, which obviously uh, Tuesday, June 11th, is going to be Nintendo's E3-ish conference. But basically they're just going to do a direct briefing like they always do. Mm-hmm. And then the E3 floor show is June 11th to 14th, but uh, nothing officially announced or at least on the list for that uh, open is going to be like, hey, look at us. Yeah. It, it'll be quite funny if, like, let's say even two weeks before or two weeks after E3, Sony does another state of play. <laughs> that would be uh, kind of interesting. Because um, we don't know when they're going to do one next, but they did say, like, we'll see see you soon or something um also remember yeah. that that uh was it google said we'll be back like in the summer um mm-hmm. not necessarily saying that they'll have any three stages they might pick like july or august or something we don't know um cause that, that thing's supposed to be launching this year isn't it google stadia um so they yeah. still got they still got to come out with like well price was one thing they didn't even announce uh the date that's coming out and that sort of stuff um so so if you if you get a state of play like near e3 and then get like a sta- uh Google Stadia sort of thing around that sort of time as well. That might be kind of cool. But, uh, I mean, there's more than enough to be interested in because, like, Microsoft's going to have a lot of the third-party games because they did last year. Uh, hopefully hopefully an update on, like, what their studios have been doing, maybe. Um, which, which which one do you think we're more likely to hear from in terms of the, the studios that, that they maybe got? Uh, Sony might drop a state of play during the floor show parts of E3 since there's no real uh, um, anything like press conference-wise from the big studios during that, at least nothing that's been announced right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that might be an interesting you know, thing to do. It's like, oh, we're not going to be at E3. Oh, hey, we're at E3. <laughs> yeah, we're just not, we're not there, but we're uploading a video to YouTube. So, uh, yeah. or... Was that on? Was that on Twitch? The uh, 
Uh, was it like live or was it just uploaded at a certain time? I don't know if it was exclusive on Twitch. Yeah, I can't remember if it was like just uploaded at that time or if it was actually live. I can't remember. Uh, with the state of play. But wh which of Microsoft's new studios do you expect to actually kind of hear from? Because um, some of them uh, are obviously at different stages with their games. Yeah, well, Outer Worlds has a game coming out this year, so that one I expect to be the most prominent, just because yeah, uh, uh, even though that's studio. coming out on all the platforms, because they're owned by Microsoft now, they can just do Microsoft in front of it or Microsoft at the end of it. Yeah. Kind of like what they do like when you see a commercial for Destiny or something like that. It always says, best on PS4, even though you can play it on all the platforms. Right, because of the content and, and that sort of thing. The, uh, the exclusive content that they kind of have. Um, but yeah, I'm, ex I'm still excited for E3. I know a lot of people said it's dying, but um, there's still enough companies going. Um, but yeah, Microsoft will see a lot of third-party stuff. Hopefully we'll see some first-party as well. Ubisoft, I'm curious to see what they do with the three games I mentioned last week, which is uh, Assassin's Creed, which I don't expect to actually see till next year. Uh, but Watch Dogs and Splinter Cell, I think, are going to be the two that people are going to be looking out for. Um, in fact, that Shinobi guy on Twitter, he asked the question, like, if there was one game you want to see at E3, what would it be? And basically everybody said, like, Splinter Cell. So, because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, the, the other big kind of games that are anticipated, like, I guess, Gears, Halo, Death Stranding, Last of Us, Ghost of Shima, um, they've already been announced. So, um, plus, we know that we won't be seeing three of those. So, um, but yeah, hopefully we see some more Gears and stuff, maybe a release date, maybe a release date for Ori or something. Um we shall see. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of that. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Well, Persona fans are going to be happy with this one. The much-teased uh, Persona 5 Royal Edition is heading to the West on the PS4 this year. Mm -hmm. uh, the and this is what I think is really, really cool. The details of the release came during the Persona Super Live concert in Japan, which that kind of tells me how popular that franchise is, that they're doing a concert for the music in-game. Mm. And then while they're obviously super fans at that kind of a concert, they're like, hey, new, much-expanded Royal Edition coming out soon. Mm. Uh, according to the article, there's going to be a bunch of new characters, uh, new areas in Tokyo to explore, new confidence reworked dungeons with new enemies, graphical and UI's enhancements, new music, and a brand-new third-party semester at Shujin Academy. Uh, Atlas also said during the concert to expect a deeper delve into the personal lives as well as the trials and tribulations of the enigmatic and highly stylish Phantom Thieves. Uh, I'm not at all familiar with the Persona franchise. I don't think I've ever played five minutes of any of the games, but I know their fan base is very, very huge. Yeah. And obviously, like I've said before several times, and you've said before several times, more games is good. And when you can do something that's clearly... Showing your love to the fans as this is, mm -hmm. nothing bad can come out of it unless the game is like horribly, horribly broken. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but no, this seems this seems to be a good thing. Um, it's it's interesting when I saw the title of um, Extended Edition when this game's this isn't a complaint. It's more just like a funny thing where because this game's what ninety hours already and it's like Extended Edition. That's 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 kind of cool. Um, but hey, if you're really, really into Persona and you finish the 90 hours and you want more, this is going to be for you. Um, I still hope this game's coming to Switch. And there's been the kind of renewed faith, faith, faith with uh, Joker on, on Smash, in Smash. Uh, which neither of us have, have tried because uh, we don't have the pack or we don't have the... Well, I'm not playing Smash at the moment and I also don't have the uh, DLC pack. But I heard he's pretty good. So yeah, uh, Have you seen that uh, meme that's been going around with Joker and Smash? No, what is it? Uh, 
it's that scene from Deadpool, Deadpool 2, where Deadpool and uh, the guy that's the bartender are, you know, casting for the X-Force. Yeah. Only it's replaced their faces with Pikachu and Mario. And then the uh, average guy uh, uh, that's just got that, like, big mustache that's got, like, no superpowers, they replaced his face with Joker. They basically just did, redid that whole scene. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, what, what, what do you think of this? Uh, like I said before, I've, I've not played the game, um, but I know some people that have, and they're, like, really, really intense fanatic in their love for the game. And, you know, getting more of what you love is a good thing. And, you know, play more games. Cheer on it up. Yep. You know, as long as, like I said before, as long as the game is not broken mechanically, it's, it's going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. As long as you're having fun with the game, then uh, continue to do that. So... Uh, what else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, the last news article that I have comes from China. Uh, anybody that follows news and video games know that China is not the best place to be a gamer. Uh, previous things that the Chinese government has done, uh, they've frozen game approvals uh, for censorship. Uh, they blamed the kids failing eyesight on games. Uh, the government then chose to restrict, restrict playtime for kids, even using police databases to enforce the rules. Um, the freeze has technically been over, but they are doing a massive restriction on the game itself. Any game with titles or subject matter, including blood, corpse, gambling, or imperial history, will no longer be given licenses and therefore no longer be allowed in the country. Uh, any game that uh, shows it, pools of blood of any color will no longer be set, selected. Um, so anything uh, really that falls into that category is not going to be allowed as a game in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new rules will also demand drastic changes for many developers. Uh, many are going to have to completely change their game. Um, and a lot of them are still going to do it because early... You know, there's no specific numbers, but the estimates that I've been seeing, it says that the Chinese gaming market is somewhere around $30 billion in annual revenue. So obviously the money's there if you're willing to play in a very, very, very narrow lane. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen a lot of, like, censorship stuff lately. Most of all, I've, most of it I've tried to kind of ignore. Um, but the one thing I kind of saw yesterday was... Uh, Mortal Kombat was getting some like changes because of something, and then uh, the obvious people said like, "Well, it's Mortal Kombat, so like if if it, you can't really censor something like a Mortal Kombat." But in terms of like the the Chinese stuff with the with the gaming and that, um, I don't really have too much too many thoughts. Uh, I know things run differently in different countries. I know that uh, I've heard Alana Pierce, who was at IGN, and she's now at a place called Funhouse or something. Um, She's spoken before about, like, Canadian stuff with games and how certain games can get, like, um, blocked there or banned or whatever. Um, but things seem a lot sort of looser in the, in the United States and uh, in the UK as well, uh, which is which is good, I suppose. Um, but, yeah, just depends what laws your, your country sets. So Yeah, and uh, Funhouse is part of a large collective of Let's Polyverse, so it's Achievement Hunter, Funhouse, uh, Kind of Funny, uh, cow chop, sugar pint seven. I know there's a couple more that I'm forgetting off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've listened to like a, a few of their podcasts and stuff, and uh, yeah, they seem kind of cool. I mean, their studio is kind of nice, so mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty cool as well. Um, Snatchy sort of lit and everything. And they had um, Ra- Raul Cool, the, the guy who plays uh, Ravi in iZombie, which we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he's been there a couple of times, so um, he seems. Yeah, to... he's been. Uh, he played a couple of uh, things that left for dead with Achievement Hunter a while back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he seems to do little things here and there with like IGN and and uh, some other places. So he's he's been on kind of funny as well. So uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I saw Brian also talking to him about uh, Sekiro yesterday because uh, he was having some trouble with like a, a boss or whatever in Sekiro. And uh, Brian was giving them this tip of like, if you hang from this ledge and you like slice your sword down or something, you can kill this guy. I I don't know how any of that works because I've not started the game yet. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool to see. So, um, what else did you want to talk? Oh yeah, you said that was your uh, your last thing, didn't you? So, mm-hmm. uh, so the two things I've got, I already spoke about Sekiro and VR controllers and uh, those sorts of things. Um, by the way, I had to I had to buy because uh, you can get them as a pack, and you can also get them like singular. Um, but I had to buy two single packs, which was kind of strange. But they on they should be on the way as long as I don't r- arrive individually, which I don't think that they will, because uh, it's part of one order. Um, that would be kind of fun. Um, yeah, Avengers Endgame, uh, which is coming out tomorrow. Uh, they're doing a crossover with Fortnite, and the only thing I've actually seen on it is uh, like a standard Fortnite kind of character holding uh, Cap's sort of shield. Uh, if you guys remember this time last year when obviously in Infinity War was coming out, they did um, another Avengers crossover with Fortnite where you could essentially, you know, like when you go to pick up an assault rifle or a pistol or something, you could pick up the gauntlet thing for Thanos uh, and you could play as him. You could do all the different like gauntlet stuff that he does. You could jump around and you had like a lot of armor and health uh, and you could be like, you could dominate the game quite a bit and he was also very hard to kill. Um, did you ever play that when they did the update? The the first one? I played it a little bit. I was very curious about it. Yeah, like how um, it worked in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm just not a Fortnite guy. I'm not a, uh, um, you know, Battle Royale kind of guy. I've tried various inclinations of it. I've done uh, Apex Legends. I actually own uh, a PUBG. Um, and, it's, and it's not that they're bad games. It's just, you know, not really anything that I've played and enjoyed. It's not my style of game, so. Yeah. Um. But what do you think this might be? Because uh, they've just got a picture with somebody with a Captain America shield. Uh, they might be doing like different characters. They might be expanding it to where you could pick up Cap's shield, or you could pick up Iron Man's armor, or pick up Hawkeye's bow, or something like that. Yeah, you mean where you could like block bullets and stuff with Cap's shield, and maybe like mm-hmm. throw it and have it bounce back? Maybe that would be kind of fun. I wonder how. That would the, be kind of fun, yeah. Yeah, how the mechanic would work with that. There's actually um. A boomerang that you can get in uh, Breath of the Wild is called like a lizard something boomerang, uh, and if you use the literally the the throwing uh, button, you can throw it at an enemy, and when it comes back, it uh, comes up with the A command for a catch, and you can just do that, and that actually works surprisingly well. So, uh, especially if you move <coughs> move around while the things like in the air, it still kind of comes near you, and even if you like miss the catch, uh, you can like it, it will land kind of near you, so you can sort of pick that up as well. Um, but I've not known too many games to use, like, boomerang sort of weapons in that way, where you can, apart from, like, maybe, I guess God of War is a bit different, in it? Because you can just call the thing, uh, the, uh, Leviathan axe straight back to you. Uh, but in terms of, like, bouncing stuff off walls and getting it back and stuff, uh, there isn't a whole lot of games that have done that, so, um, and it'll be kind of a cool mechanic to see a bit more, so, uh, as long as, you, as long as you get the, like, catch technology down well, it should kind of work, so... Um, but will you be checking this update out? I honestly don't know. I might, but I don't think... Uh, it's one of those things that just kind of depends on, uh, you know, what time it happens. It might be one of those things that's, like, really quick and done and over with, so... Yeah, we'll see what they do. 
uh, in terms of Switch, um, the, this news was posted a little while ago, or a few weeks ago, but we kind of missed it, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Nintendo Labo, the thing that's kind of gone a bit quiet for Nintendo, um, which is where you can make, like, piano kits, and you can make, like, arms for robots or something like that, and you can basically make things that will interact with the game and, and that kind of thing. Um, they're getting a VR version where you'll actually have to put um, your Nintendo Switch, because it's basically a tablet, isn't it? Uh, you put that in the um, cardboard thing, so, so it's not like a plastic thing like with PSVR. You put it in this cardboard thing and you can play different VR games. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I still maintain that the Labo thing is just a bet between two people and Nintendo <laughs> to see if they can get us to pay for cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but past that, I mean, like I said before, I'm not a big VR guy. I mean, I've had some variants of VR pretty much all my life on, you know, VR this, VR that. I've seen, you know, VR goes back to like the mid-80s in terms of modern video games and earlier back from that if you even think about it. But past that, I mean, until they make it to where you don't have to be wired to a console and the thing's comfortable to wear for a couple, three hours at a time, mm-hmm. I'm just going to pass on it. Right. Um, what do you think of the idea, though, of holding the Switch tablet essentially up to your face? Uh, what was the, the the red and black Nintendo peripheral that gave everybody eye damage? I can't remember. What what, what was that? No, it was a, it was a, it was a Nintendo portable and it had like a little stand of like a big red box. Oh I man! Can't, I can't tell you what you're talking about. Was it like a portable or a console or? It was a, it was a meant to, it wasn't a portable, uh, hang on. Okay. Um, but yeah, essentially with this, some people have said like you'll have to kind of hold it up a bit so that you can play certain games. Um, the Virtual Boy is what it was. Oh, I barely remember that. So, well, that's Well, it fine. sold horribly. It, right. it, it never broke a million sales. Oh, so it did. Yeah, that's how bad it went. Yeah. And it was like it was like really badly designed. The graphics were completely terrible. It was giving everybody eye strain. It was if you thought the Wii U was a failure, failure. The Virtual Boy, you know, was sub basement failure. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other two, the interesting two things is that uh, Super Mario Odyssey and Zelda Breath of the Wild are getting free um, VR add-on modes. How exactly they work, I have no idea. I haven't actually seen any videos for them. But uh, one of the interesting things is that uh, because you have to hold the tablet kind of and look around, you can't really use like the Joy-Cons and stuff. So I wonder how, because uh, I've heard that with the the Mario stuff, it's basic like really basic sort of jumping and jumping on enemies. So maybe you'll kind of look up and flick him up or something like that. Uh, with Breath of the Wild, I don't know how that will work because that game's a lot more, I, I, I would say a lot more complex than uh Mario Odyssey, because obviously you have all, the, all your weapons and all your different uh, shields and bows and jumping different stuff and all that sort of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 strange that Nintendo's kind of gone down this road. But I can actually see a bit of a situation where Labo just ends up like the Vita, where it just kind of okay, we tried that thing, but like uh, th- this sort of feels like a bit of a I don't know lot if it's last ditch sort of thing, but. Like, okay, Mario Zelda, they're our two biggest mascots. Let's add something Labo-related to this thing. Um, so, wh- wh- what do you think of that? 
I don't know. I mean, it's not anything I'm going to buy, but then again, I don't have a Switch, so mm-hmm. I wouldn't have bought it anyway. Yeah. Uh, so that's the second news thing that we have to talk about this week. Uh, we have an email as well. It's from Barry. Uh, if you want to send in your emails, feedback, that sort of stuff, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page, and there's also uh, information in your show notes. Just have a look in there, and you'll find what you need. Barry says, what do you see the future of VR being like? Uh, how will other companies adapt? Will Microsoft get in on VR? And do you see PSVR sticking around? Um... So let, let's go with one of those questions at a time. Uh, Microsoft, what, what do you do? You see Microsoft doing any kind of VR at any point? Well, they've still got their AR project with the uh, um, what's it called? The Minecraft thing. The AR. Yeah, thing. it was like uh, we talked about it a while ago. We haven't heard anything on it. No, it's gone really um, quiet. Fair no, it's going to be nothing. I look that up now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was, what, E3 2016, I want to say? 2017? I remember know. a while back, there was, like, some weird game placeholder that mentioned it, uh, like, virtual or something like that. Hmm. Well, um, I, I mean, I, in terms of VR stuff, the only reason I could see Microsoft getting in on that is if it comes with some exclusives, because... I mean, they got the Game Pass thing down, they got the backwards compatibility. HoloLens, so that's what it was. Yes, Microsoft was HoloLens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got like the backwards compatibility sorted, they got obviously quite a powerful console, they just need to kind of put you know more games on it. So in, in terms of if they were to do VR stuff, I really think it would have to be like them adding some games to it, because otherwise it would be another situation of like, okay, Microsoft added this other thing, but there's no games with it kind of thing um as to like you know obviously there's games on game pass but one of the bigger drives of the game pass is okay you get exclusives on day one and then it's like okay can you put more exclusives on the thing so they can have more of that to do so i think if they added just like another thing that they were doing in vr it would make more sense that they would just add a lot more games uh in, uh, in terms of psvr what, what do you see happening with the, the with the psvr well, we know PSVR is going to stick around for a while because it was specifically mentioned in the article that we covered last week with the interview with the magazine where they talked about the future of PS, you know, no, we're not calling it PS5, but PS5. Right. And they did specifically mention that PSVR would be compatible with the new console. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't doubt they'll come up with like an updated version to make better use of the new hardware. Um, and yes. whether that allows them to have like a new PSVR at the same price and let them really slash the price of the older VR, yeah. it'll still be compatible with the new thing. I think in terms of like as a business decision, that would be the best way to go. Whether or not they do that, obviously, I'm not going to get it consulted in on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it's obvious that they are going to have that as part of their plan. So. Yeah, and they're still supporting it like we saw with the... Uh... They're doing Blood and Truth, and they're doing the Iron Man VR stuff. So those are some some big games to kind of come out. Um, and even people that just got it, like me, um, are still going through. Well, I finished Astro Bot like a few weeks ago. That was really really good. Uh, and I've got some other games to do. And I mean, I've just got my the VR controller, so I'm able to play like Beat Saber and um, it Super Hot VR and stuff. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to to discover. Uh, other companies, I mean, I I don't think the, the it's going to last on the the Nintendo side. Um, I think PSVR will still continue to do well, and uh, I mean, in terms of the PC space of things, I'm not there with that, so I I really don't keep any any sort of eye on that. Um, but yeah, I I do think it will definitely stick around, but I I do think it will remain like kind of a small niche thing 
um but it will be just big enough to like keep continuing to to go so uh we'll see how that goes uh and that's what we've got for you this week on this week's random gaming talk thank you very much for listening you can find all the other content that we've got uh on entertainmenttalk.org um if you want to support the podcast and support entertainment talk there's patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice amazon affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon will get a small cut and it won't cost you anything extra uh, iTunes feeds, please rate, review, and subscribe to those. I did actually check our, a lot of our iTunes feed this week, and um, some some of you have been like, you don't have to necessarily review it, but you can just press like the five star thing, and it says your rating has been sent. Uh, and I actually checked a few of our feeds this week, and we do have some ratings uh, that people are doing. So thank you very much for doing that. Uh, but for some reason, iTunes didn't tell me, so that's why I didn't know before, because uh, I can't always go in there and check stuff. But I went and checked them this week, and uh, there there are some ratings for for some feed for some of the feeds. Uh, so thank you all for doing that. Uh, it would just help if iTunes told me in the future, which they don't. So, uh, yeah, you can do that as well. Um, what else is there? Word of mouth. If you don't want to mess around with any of that stuff, uh, you can simply tell your friends, family, co-workers, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Tell them about Game of Thrones. Obviously, Game of Thrones is doing really well at the moment. Uh, the website is doing really well this month. It's been at your biggest month, we've, I think, that we've ever had. Uh, so that's obviously really, really good. Uh, thank you for the nice comment on that, by the way, that you put on the uh, the Facebook group, uh, Facebook page when I uh, mentioned that earlier in the week. Um, so yeah, it's it's been really, really good. Uh, obviously, a lot of it is to do with Game of Thrones, but that shows the Game of Thrones podcast is doing well, so that's really good as well. Uh, but yes, yeah, so let's keep it up, let's keep things going, um, and we've still got a lot of Game of Thrones left. Uh, but yes, yeah, so you can tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, social media, share the posts, retweet them, put them in different groups if you're allowed to, all that kind of stuff. Video games, if you want to watch me, Robert or David play different video games. Me and David have got Twitch streaming channels, Robert's got one on Mixer. Thank you all very much for listening. Don't spoil the end game. Uh, I'm seeing it tomorrow. I, it, uh, Yeah, it's going to be crazy. So, um, yeah, go and enjoy yourself this weekend and or during the week or whatever you're doing. But thank you all very much for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <coughs>